0: When I was growing up, the Republican Party was staunch supporters of the First Amendment and the Constitution. They fought for people's First Amendment rights in order to have free speech. It was Democrats like Tipper Gore who wanted to have parental advisory labels placed on music that I listened to or have television ratings to protect young people. Now it's the Republican Party that wants to protect everybody from whatever you can see. We see this with book bans and other topics that I've talked about on the show before. I do believe there is an age-appropriate time for certain things, but the Republican Party is definitely losing their way when it comes to protecting the Constitution. Elise Stefanik may be one of the first people that I've seen that is a complete, total hypocrite when it comes to her questioning of these college presidents and her personal life. And today I'm going to talk about that. I will also be addressing the mainstream alternative media and why you should start taking notes that the mainstream media that you've deemed your enemy for so long, maybe the reason why you listen to this podcast may not be the same reason you want to run directly to the rest of the alternative media, because there is a mainstream alternative that is building very quickly. And if you're not paying attention to it, chances are you're being led astray. And some of these individuals may be people that you really look up to. I'm not holding back today. This episode may upset you. I'm going to tell you why. I do not believe Tucker Carlson is to be trusted. Elon Musk, why there is a big question mark that I have regarding him and all the other players that are popping up on that mainstream alternative media perspective. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. welcome bold americans to yet another episode of america emboldened as always i'm your host greg bolden here on the america out loud network You can join all of my colleagues at americaoutloud.news or listen to the radio shows at the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network, which is available on all of your favorite app devices as well as online. Just type in America Out Loud talk radio in order to download and hear that directly, as well as podcasts like mine. Let's get straight into it. The start this week, everybody we have the censorship, possibly, of free speech on the docket. Perhaps you followed last week the congressional hearings where Elise Stefanik took the presidents of MIT, Harvard, and the University of Pennsylvania to task because she asked whether or not they would see statements of the calls for the extermination of Jews on their campus as bullying and harassment, and whether it was against their code of conduct. All three of these presidents, when answering, took very weak answers. Any of these presidents should have been able to cite the code of conduct to be able to see and show that hate speech and bullying harassment is not something that you can get away with according to their codes of conduct on their college campuses. That all stated. Elise Stefanik, the person that's doing the shouting and the questioning, we'll play some clips today. Oh boy, you gotta love the irony of a hypocrite, somebody who is wanting to make sure that people get basically uh, resigned from their job because she wants all three of these presidents to resign. One has just resigned. We just got word on Sunday that the University of President has stepped down over her comments. So McGill is now out. And Elise has already responded, one down, two to go. And so why is it that I believe strongly that Elise is representing all the bad things about the Republican Party? Well, it's because I believe that hate speech or the speech that is being deemed as violating of code of conduct, I actually believe that the presidents at these universities were answering the question responsibly even if that angers people at me and my show. Now, the First Amendment, it states that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And that's something that would lay down my life for my brothers and sisters to make sure that they understood what that meant. Now, should you be able to do that at a school according to their code of conduct? Well, as time has gone on, we've taken a hardline stance in this country towards bullying and harassment, right? We now have criminal charges available for bullying and harassment. Every single teacher gets trained on this as well. And there's some important case law surrounding free speech that has uh, started to uh define this over time which i believe these presidents should have been aware of but that does not mean that elise stefanik was completely correct in her line of questioning or in what she's doing to bully back these presidents we'll get to that in just a few moments. let's highlight for you the court cases that represent free speech in the classroom on campuses first you have tinker versus des moines now this case upholds a student's free speech rights. See, there was a student that was suspended named Mary Beth Tinker, and her brother John and her brother's friend Chris Eckhart were wearing black armbands to protest the Vietnam War, and the Supreme Court held that students do not shed their constitutional rights to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. And so, school officials could not punish or prohibit student speech unless they could clearly demonstrate that it will result in material and substantial disruption of normal school activities or invade the rights of others. Now, let's apply that to Elise Stefanik. If someone says, you know, that they're a KKK member on college campus and they want to eliminate uh, all uh, colored people's uh, rights, people of color. Well, I believe that the college campus would say, do they have a way to clearly demonstrate a material substantial disruption to school activities or is just this a absolutely hateful person and that will have to answer when they go into the working world and have that follow them let's continue on with other cases and you'll see where i'm going i hope with the whole call for a genocide of jewish people in this question that was asked by elise in healy versus james in 1972 This was a case in which the Supreme Court sided with students from Connecticut State College that their First Amendment rights were violated when the officials refused to recognize their radical student group as an official student organization. And see, these court cases are really important to understand that I'm giving to you as to why these presidents answered the questions the way that they answered it at Congress. See, nothing's ever black and white. We live in a very gray world, and I know that they likely understood these court cases meant that if there was a radical group on your campus calling for something, do they have the means to have it uh, take fruition? If they don't, then these cases are would come into play. And so these three presidents, whether you like their answers or not, I don't believe any of them would ever support the genocide of Jewish people or the call of other bullying and harassment. I believe simply what they're stating is there is a such thing as free speech, even though it may be awful, it could still be lawful. God, I'm quoting Yakarina from X right now. The next court case is Papish versus Board of Curators at the University of Missouri, right? And this was an expelled student, Barbara Papish, after distributing a self-published news magazine called the Free Press Underground. She had political cartoons of the university that they felt were indecent political cartoons and so it went all the way through district court the eighth circuit court of appeals went back and forth and eventually the supreme court eventually held that because the cartoons were not legally obscene or otherwise unprotected by the first amendment the college could not punish papish for the content of her independent speech and so again college students have the protections of all other students and all other citizens in the United States to distribute whatever type of material they would like, as long as it's not vulgar or indecent. So, although I don't support this claim, this this question that Elise is asking, you know, is it vulgar? Is it, offensive yes okay we could definitely say it's offensive is it an inappropriate yeah i think we could probably say it's inappropriate if only there was a court case that could help us understand that better oh well there was in 1986 the bethel school district versus Fraser. during a speech at a mandatory high school assembly there was a student that was nominating another for student student government and that was matthew frazier and during that time, he used a number of sexually suggestive double entendres in his speech. And officials thought it was indecent, lewd, and offensive. And the courts needed to decide. Uh, so they suspended Frazier for three days and wouldn't allow him to speak at commencement afterwards. So this also went back to the Tinker ruling that I first talked about, and they found that the school district violated Frazier's rights. The Supreme Court reversed holding that the pervasive sexual innuendo in Frazier's speech was plainly offensive to both teachers and students, indeed to any mature person, and that his speech was wholly inconsistent with the fundamental values of public school education. So the Ninth Circuit of Appeals, the U.S. District Court both cited Tinker saying, oh yeah, he could do it. And then the Supreme Court said, while it was pervasive innuendo, it was plainly offensive. And there was both offensive uh, means taken towards teachers and students and to any mature person. So therefore, because it was not part of the fundamental values of public school education, it was wrong. Now, Bethel School District versus Frazier, I believe all three of these presidents could have cited. But we get even more. We get Hazelwood versus Kuhlmeier. And so we have the ability now to see at Hazelwood East uh, High School, there was a principal that prevented student journalists from publishing a special teen issue section of a newspaper because the article had a thing on teen pregnancy and the impact of divorce on students because he felt that this was inappropriate. And so the Supreme Court held that the principal's censorship did not violate the student journalist rights because it was a high school-sponsored newspaper produced as part of a class and without a policy or practice establishing it as a public forum for student expression. Once again, these presidents could look at this. If only there was another case. We have Morse versus Frederick. All right. This was a uh, thing during 2002. There was an Olympic torch relay that passed through town, and these students in Alaska were allowed to leave class and watch. One of the students held up a 14-foot banner that read, Bond Hits for Jesus, which resulted in his suspension. Frederick was not even on school property at the time of this incident. And the Supreme Court held that the school's punishment did not violate Frederick's rights because it was reasonable to conclude that the banner conveyed a message promoting illegal drug use during a school-sanctioned activity. Once again, strengthening what Elise was trying to say about the Code of Conduct, which may be a reason why the presidents need to read that better and become more aware of it. And then there's Mahoney versus BL. There was a high school uh, student, Brandon Levy, who did not make the varsity cheerleading, uh, team, sorry, Brandy Levy. And then she used her phone and had a private Snapchat about it, uh, on an off campus convenience store where she posted a photo extending her middle finger, along with a thing that said F school, F softball, F cheerleading, F everything. And so after that video, the cheerleading coach kicked her off the team and the Supreme Court held that the school did violate Levy's First Amendment rights. But the court didn't provide a broad rule defining when schools can restrict off-campus speech. So if this is a student that's saying something absolutely horrible and awful, but they're not on campus, right? Do they have the right to state what they want to state? And so we have these questions from Elise that are going after the presence. I want to play you a little bit of uh, that conversation last week right now. So you can hear the way that she approached these questions. So you can clearly hear what their answers are and understand what I'm talking about here that here it is
1: at Penn. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no. If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment, yes? I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. If the yes or becomes, no. If the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide?
0: Oh my God, hear her voice breaking up. She's, she's so offended and so hurt. Elise, take a chill pill. And here's why. Because you're saying at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jewish people. Who? Who is calling for that, Elise? Is it a group that was invited onto campus? Does the code of conduct apply to them? Do these court cases that I just listed apply to them? Look, if it is a student and a student is uh, calling for something that is actionable, that could truly happen, yes, it affects the code of conduct. Outside of that, the campus could simply say, we are going to not allow you to be on our campus. You are now a hateful person just like society responds to hateful people. I gotta be honest though, I like to hear who the hateful people are because once I know who the hateful people are, then I can stay away from them. So Elise continues this line of questioning. She, she talks to the Harvard uh, professor, I'm sorry, president as well. Here's her line with Harvard.
1: Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to free speech- It's a yes or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech- It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, intifada revolution, and quote, globalize the intifada. Is that correct? I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus, yes. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful
0: speech is personally abhorrent to me. Okay so i will say in this line of questioning not against university of penn but against uh harvard here which by the way the best part about this is elise Stefanik is a graduate she has her bachelor's from harvard so i think she has an axe to grind here and it comes through during her line of questioning i'm not playing the whole thing but take up the entire show but this is a lot more cut and dry now we have students that have been admitted to the college campus. Now we're not in this gray area that we were with with the University of Penn. Now it's more specific. It's If students are making this call and that we have students that are openly and actively yelling for intifada on campus. And I've seen the footage of it. If you haven't, you should really check what's going out on college campuses because college campuses are completely out of control. But if you're following my show in other places, you already know that. The point that I'm making here though is The Harvard president should very easily be able to state, yes, that is against the school's code of conduct. And yes, that should be enough to remove a student from the school. They won't do it, though. They won't do it because the college presidents at this point in time have got no backbone. They've got no backbone because they've allowed all of their classrooms at this point in time to be absolute liberal think tanks that they're so afraid of cancel culture that they themselves are going to get canceled as a result of even just what Elise is bringing up. Now, what is the irony of Elise going after the presidents on this issue? Well, it's because back in 2022, Stefanik, right? You would imagine she might have a stellar record if she's going to be the one that has the moral authority to question what these presidents are doing. Record scratch. Did you know that Stefanik endorsed Carl Palandino to his election after he succeeded retiring the U.S. Representative Chris Jacobs? up in New York's 23rd Congressional District. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, Stefanik had a history of disputes with Palladino's rival in the Republican primary, so she decided she was going to support him. But Palladino made comments on a radio show back in 2021 about Adolf Hitler, who stated, he was the kind of leader we need today. And Stefanik condemned the remarks, but continued to endorse him. You fraud Elise Stefanik. You fraudulent Republican in name only. You are playing games and you should be called out for these games. You want to call these presidents out that are trying to give the best answer that they can give in that moment. Even if I disagree with the answer, they're trying to give the best answer they can. But now you're calling for their removal. You know what? Elise, I think... I would like the call for your removal. I'd like the call for your removal, Stefanik, because you certainly have an ax to grind right now. You know, Paladino also called for the execution of Attorney General Merrick Garland. And former Republican Congresswoman Mia Love called upon you to rescind your endorsement of Paladino. after that. You continued to actively campaign for him. You hosted a tele-rally for him the night before his primary. And Palladino eventually ended up losing. You are an absolute smacked ass fraud, Elise Stefanik. Now, you might have won this battle. You might have gotten the attention of Saturday Night Live. People might be celebrating you. But they should be very careful who they're celebrating. Because you are not who you say you are. You do not have the right to tell these universities presidents what's up. It's all in your history, and the internet remembers. And so today, Elise, I hope I've exposed you to the bold American family for who you really are. A loudmouth blowhard, That simply took a microphone talking about a tagline that would get everybody emotional, but actually has little substance or substance. And be careful about that, Elise, because now you're directly attacking the First Amendment. When will it come for something you don't want them to be able to say. Let's think about it, Elise. Weren't you the MAGA Republican that was towing the line for Donald Trump over the last five years? Weren't you the one that was saying that the election was stolen and you wanted to have his impeachments expunged from the record in Congress? When will that speech be deemed hateful or bullying in some way, shape, or form? And yes, I'm being over the top in what I'm saying. But we should hopefully honor all speech and then divvy out the consequences, right? It's not against the First Amendment for what these things are being stated. It is against the Code of Conduct. And so against those Code of Conduct, let the colleges start to enforce things the right way. Now, if you're Harvard, shame on you, President Shame on you, Dr. Gay, the president of Harvard, for allowing these protests to go on with your students and not having any repercussions according to your code of conduct. Do better across the board. Here's the real problem. Where are we getting our information from anymore? The mainstream media? Most of my listeners I know don't trust the mainstream media. They've moved on to the alternative media. But now there's a new thing coming out the mainstream alternative media. And the mainstream alternative media that's publishing this story about Elise and all these others, they're just as bad as the mainstream, right? And I got to tell you, Tucker Carlson, I got a bone to bone the pick with you. And we're going to talk about it in the second half of the show. Everybody, make sure that you're going over to americaoutloud.store where you can support the network and all the great programming that's on there. If you want to support me for now, you can go over to buymeacoffee.com backslash bold america. I've been on this network now for the last 18 months, Uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure. The brand new shows all the time, Uh, but I got to be honest. I got to feed my family too. I got to put food into my children's mouths as well. So if you enjoy the content that I'm putting out there, there will be ways to support me here in the future and ways to get additional content from me here in the future. Very soon, I'm going to have some announcements, and that comes with my Tucker Carlson announcement on the other side. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to America Bolden with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network.
1: We are the pulse and voice
0: of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world.
1: Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. I'm so confused, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital.
0: My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work.
1: Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org.
0: Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here on American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Getting right into it. We've been talking about free speech, what people can say, what people should say. And that gets straight into this second half of the show. Where do you get your information from each day? Is it accounts like mine? Uh, if you're on social media, is it my show that you're looking to be informed on various topics or things the guest might say? Well, I am a member, certainly, of the alternative media, right? I'm an alternative media journalist. I am not financed in any way, shape, or form. My show appears on the America Out Loud network. The America Out Loud network does not pay me one penny whatsoever. And as a result, I can honestly tell my listening audience that the people that you're listening to on the network are all people that are putting their uh, integrity at the forefront in the words that they speak in the stories that they share, because I know that they're doing it for the love of information. They get it out to individuals, but that does not seem to be the case for everybody else. And so, if you've listened to my show, I'll often say, you know, you can buy me a cup of coffee. I have a plan here in the future. I will be moving my show to a subscription-based model. If you have enjoyed my content over the last 18 months, I like Tucker Carlson who just announced he's going to be moving to a subscription based. I'm going to be still offering some free content here on the America out loud network. But if you want some exclusive interviews, some of my bigger interviews that I do, I would like to be able to support my family better. And so I have that coming out rather soon here in 2024. Now, Tucker Carlson is part of the mainstream media. Now, people are saying now that since he's left Fox, he's no longer part of the mainstream media. So there's a new term that I want my listeners to become aware of. And that term is the mainstream alternative media. And I got to be honest with everybody. I don't believe the mainstream alternative media is what, People are stating that it is, Ma'am, maybe just as bad of the MSM, right? The mainstream media. Now, why is Ma'am just as bad? The mainstream alternative media. Well, there seems to be people that are kingmakers within all of this, and I'm going to share with you a uh, very uh, detailed story. I hope that help you understand why I want you to be cautious where you're getting your information from and like i said i just gave you a a glowing endorsement of america out loud and our host which i don't want you to think that i i need to do because i don't i like i just stated i have no financial interest The companies that you are uh, supporting when you support this uh, network go directly to the network, not to me as a host. Yes, I have received some free product. Uh, Kofix RX was very kind. They sent me some product to try out and I talked about that on my show. Uh, The Genesis HOCL Fogger, they sent me a fogger at one point in time. And I talked about it. You'll also hear that I stopped talking about it on my show. Why? Because they're not paying me. They're paying the network. And I also am not continuing to get product. I got a one-time product sent to my home. And so I'm, um, in all honesty, that is the uh, entire width of any type of transactions that I've had. And I know that to be the case for other people on this network as well. I don't know that to be the case for so many other people that you are following right now. Let's start with Tucker Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson had a huge following. I'm sure that he is a darling to many of my bold American listeners because they go, well, Tucker Carlson was telling us the truth when no one else was telling us the truth. I have a problem with that though. And my problem with that is that in a courtroom a few years ago, Tucker Carlson's defense during a lawsuit against his claims were that you can't believe anything Tucker Carlson says because it's not said seriously, that he gives his opinion and the general tenor of the show is just to inform a viewer that Carlson doesn't state actual facts about topics, he just engages in exaggeration and non-literal commentary. Yes, you can look at the U.S. District Judge Mary Kay Vichlick's opinion, which uses Tucker Carlson's lawyers for that exact uh, words that they stated. She also said that Fox attorneys persuasively argued that given Tucker Carlson's reputation, any reasonable viewer would arrive with an appropriate amount of skepticism about the statements that he makes. And so he is known to have exaggeration and non-literal commentary, and he is known for simply playing up to his audience. And so therefore they concluded that the statements that he made were not actionable and they were just part of his first amendment that he couldn't be slander because nothing that he says should be taken seriously. Why is, Is that changing now that he's Tucker on X? Or why is it that you willfully would ignore that? And the reason why I bring this up, I could take the easy route, right? I know who my listeners are. I could tell you how great Tucker Carlson is. I could lie to you and tell you that I believe every single word that he says and tell you that, you know, bold Americans, we got to band together and follow. That's not who I am. Who I am is I'm going to call a spade a spade. And right now I have major questions about what's going on with Tucker Carlson. And the reason I have these questions is Tucker Carlson has been posting these videos with Elon Musk's ex over the last several months since he got let go from Fox. And I had many theories behind why he might've been let go. I thought maybe perhaps that was part of the terms and agreements of the Dominion lawsuit. Maybe they had to let him go. And then I thought, well, maybe this is like an agreement with, uh, Elon where Tucker is going to help Elon build up X. And then there is David Ike. Now, David Ike, I also have, uh, not really always found to be somebody who is an altruistically truthful and great person that all stated. He started talking about the mammies, the mammies of Elon Musk. Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Russell Brand. And he starts saying that these are the new gods that people are worshiping, the, the Andrew Tates, and saying, why is it that people are running straight from the mainstream media to these other individuals that have been made kings for you? And here's what I can tell you about that. I was offered an opportunity to be one of those kings of the mainstream alternative media. I thumbed my nose at it because I did not want to be a part of the group that had invited me in. If you're on social media, you will know who I'm talking about. If you're not on social media, you will not know what I'm talking about. I have the receipts for what I'm going to state. I was invited in by Mario Narfall shortly after I interviewed John Paul MacIsaac Isaac and exposed the Hunter Biden laptop story. I had the exclusive with him. Mario wanted me on all of his spaces immediately to talk and be the person who knew Delaware knew the Hunter Biden story and could be that voice. He would later go on in spaces to compliment me as often being the only adult in the room as others would argue. He said that I had a very reasonable voice. That all changed though. It all changed when I discovered that Mario Narfall was lifting other people's material off online and plagiarizing to help build his account. I also discovered that there was major money going in. There was lots of people that were starting to accuse Mario, whether it was alleged uh, accusations. I don't know whether these have been proven in the court of law about questionable finances. And I wondered, Why is it when Elon bought up Twitter before it became X, Mario Norfall ended up becoming one of the main players of the mainstream alternative media? Even when the fires were raging in Lahaina, how is it that Mario got exclusive footage before Reuters and the Associated Press? Why am I bringing that up? Granted, I know that there's people that don't trust the Associated Press and Reuters, but how is it? that a small guy all of a sudden became the individual that has access to all the information. Then why is it that people like Alex Jones, who gets brought back on the X after a long hiatus of being banned, Elon didn't bring him right away when he brought back Donald Trump and all these other accounts. Nope, he kept him banned all this time. How is it rolled out? Oh, that's right. Tucker Carlson gets Alex Jones, an exclusive hour and 30 minute interview and reintroduces him in a new PR type of way back to the world. And then just 48 hours later, Elon Musk puts out a poll and reinstates Alex Jones back to the format. Now, what makes it even more interesting is pay attention to who goes up immediately after Alex Jones comes back he goes on to none other but Mario Narfall's space in order to make his first ex-appearance. Now, how does that happen? Well, Laura Loomer actually has unfiltered the, uh, (laughs) so to speak, the direct messages where she was invited to take place, uh, to take a seat in the space. And Mario asked her to keep it quiet because it's confidential that they were working on it. Elon Musk is handing these things to individuals and Tucker Carlson. Why Mario Narfall? Why a gentleman who does not even live in the United States? Why a gentleman who laughed at me when I brought up about central bank digital currency, who is a shill for the entire blockchain cryptocurrency world? How is it that this guy is the guy that gets the exclusive, not only gets the exclusive, but Marin Off brings on people like the Krasenstein brothers. The Krasenstein brothers, who also they follow me. I follow them, I've done spaces with them, they've been very nice to me. But that does not make me unaware of the fact that they started up a website that was under federal investigation. Now, there were no charges ever filed, but they had uh, TalkGold.com and the Moneymaker Group. Now, what happened with the Moneymaker Group and TalkGold? Well, you can watch a Netflix documentary called Trust No One, The Hunt for the Crypto King to learn a little bit more. But you can also find out that there are many people like Michael Patron and Gerald Codden that were scamming individuals in these Ponzi schemes that bought the Krasenstein brothers, very big homes down in florida all right these individuals were completely not not the krasen scenes these individuals michael Patron and gerald cotton were doing horrible things online right so Patron, eventually known as uh, omar dahani before he changed his name posted on to uh talk oldest his patron and also posted as Patron on Moneymaker Group in Black Hat World. And in a lucky invest talk goal to promote a Ponzi scheme. All right, And you can find more on that Netflix documentary that I just was speaking with. Now the Krasensteins, you could say, are kind of crappy people for creating the forums and making money off of where these Ponzi schemes were going. The government never gave back some of their property. And they said, well, they didn't fight it because it wasn't worth it with all the legal fees. And No, if you're an innocent person, you fight those type of things and you get your money back at the end. All right, now, granted, they never had charges pressed. I want to continue to say I'm not trying to uh, create any libel situations here. But if you're following them as a beacon of truth and of light, as the new alternative media, be careful who you follow. If you're following Mario Narfall, somebody who also has a very sketchy past, be careful who you follow. And if you're following people like the Tates, right, as the Bastions of Truth, be careful what you're doing. And if you're going to follow Tucker, now that Tucker's going to his founding member status, where you're going to have to pay in order to get Tucker Carlson type of content, pay attention. Why am I bringing this up? Well, I've been thinking about a payment model in order to help support what I do. The valuable uh, information that I'm able to bring people, the interviews that I have and the questions that I bring, the people seem to really enjoy. I look at my numbers. Yeah, I got 50,000 people listening to my show. Does that mean that I want to go to a subscription model and all of a sudden only have 100 people listening? I don't know. I would hope that out of those 50,000, those 50,000 find value in my voice. The fact that I'm calling a spade a spade as I promised to do so for you. Look, my name isn't Tucker Carlson. I don't have the clout in the mainstream, in the spotlight, but my name is Greg Bolden. And the entire time I've been doing this show for the last 18 months, I can guarantee for you, I provided nothing for my audience, but 100% honesty, And I've learned with you along the way I've put in the research the entire time. When I was wrong on something, I've explained why I was wrong. I've apologized to my audience. And I can also tell you that hasn't been that often that I've had to do that, but I am willing to accept what I do not know and learn from it. When I see additional information, I do so. I'm not arrogant in that manner. And so when I see, That Elon Musk is assembling now, it seems like this team, and Alex Jones is going to be part of that team. I want to ask my audience what part of the media are you going to start listening to? Is it the alternative media, people like myself, independent journalists? Or are you going to start following the mainstream alternative media, which I believe is eventually going to silence my voice and so many other independent journalists? and take the credibility as if they are the mainstream media of just 40 years ago, fraudulently. I believe Tucker Carlson might be one of those individuals. I don't think that we should just accept everything as it is. And I know that I have a very smart audience. How do I know that? Because my audience is willing to look at information that many other people were not willing to look at. You're willing to look at the COVID 2020, what happened during that timeline, right? And you're able to say, Was the government telling us the truth the entire time? Well, let me ask you, where was Tucker Carlson? What did he specifically do in order to make sure that you were safer from mandates outside of talking about it? Where did he hurt his pocketbook in order to put his ass on the line in order to protect you? Where was at this point in time? Any of these other individuals that are stepping out and into the spotlight as the new appointed sons of God, Elon Musk, in order to tell you what the truth is, I think you should be very mindful of who you're following. I think you should be very mindful of the hours per day that you spend consuming what you're listening to. If the only place that you're getting your information now is from one of these mainstream sources, I want you just to ask this question. How did they get into the mainstream? No one gets into the mainstream without paying a price. That is the God honest truth. There are lots of things that I could have done to put myself into that mainstream media type of perspective and audience. I chose not to. I'm paving my own path forward. I'm hoping that you'll follow me as I pave that own path forward. I'm hoping that you'll continue to trust the America out loud network and America out loud talk radio to give you that unfiltered, knowing that there is not the bias of advertising dollars that are changing and that there's also good natured moral and ethical people on this network that are trying to do the right thing. Not people that are trying to make money off of you. That's very important. I think I've proved that over the last 18 months myself. Yeah, I haven't had to pay a dollar for any of the content whatsoever. So I hope that you support me as I move into 2024 here and uh, I'll have more information in the future on what that's going to look like. I do invite you to follow me on X, which is twitter.com at real Greg Bolden or go over to my website, AmericaEmboldened.com where you can check out my content and uh, you can sign up for emails and join it into my Substack, And that way we can keep in touch for more content as well. That's all, everybody. I hope that I honored your time well and gave you some food for thought. I might have attacked your golden calf, but honestly, I think it's important to call it like it is. I'll be back on Wednesday. I'll be talking to a gentleman who is the secretary of the Indiana Libertarian Party, and he has just been elected to city council. And I was curious, where does the Libertarian Party stand? with the fact that RFK Jr. is starting the poll even better. We have a three-candidate race coming up here in the next election, and what are libertarians going to do about it? And so you can hear that conversation with Clayton Saltz and me on Wednesday. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.